0: You're listening to Wander and Roam.
1: Finn Fenheather shaded his eyes with his paw as he raised his head to look further down the dusty road. A slanted cart was pulled over to the side, one wheel popped off the axle, with a family of voles clamoring over each other, attempting to assess and suggest how to resolve this predicament. The weight around his neck seemed to be pulling him toward them, and the point pressed to his back spurring him to help. The scurrying creatures paused as he approached, pulling his cloak tighter and seating his cone-shaped straw hat more firmly on top of his pointed ears. You folks look like you could use some help. A chorus of, oh, thank you, traveler, resounded from the group, and Finn planted his battered and scarred walking stick, splintered top, bound together with a bit of rope, underneath the cart and heaved, raising the axle as a trio of voles maneuvered the fallen wheel into place. A sudden gust of wind stirred the air, and Finn almost dropped the cart in a futile attempt to keep his cloak closed, but there was nothing he could do to stop his hat, which landed amongst the small group of children watching the repair. "'Fox!' the smallest one stuttered frightfully, hiding behind her mother's leg at the sight of the large scar across Finn's snout, exposing his sharp canine. Everyone froze, finally seeing red fur under the dust as his tail rustled free. He closed his eyes and sighed resignedly, lowering the restored cart and bending down to retrieve his hat. He tucked a silver medallion back behind his cloak and missed the extended paws and grateful looks of the voles, fearful whimpers from years past echoing in his ears as he continued down the dusty road. The weight around his neck isn't any lighter, and the point at his back still spurs him on.
2: Yes. i got a question for you.
3: Mm, What's that?
2: You know, I was just thinking, and if you could go back in time to change one thing, what would it be?
3: I feel there are times in my life where I have left some people in need who I could have helped. And I feel as if I have been better in my later years, but there's no changing what's been done.
2: That's fair. I guess the people in your future will just have a better type of things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As the group leaves the desert, they come to a long and craggy trail leading up towards a mountain.
2: I spy with my little eye something that starts with R.
4: Is it a rountain?
2: What's a rountain?
3: It's more of a spherical mountain. Let's Pointy and more domed. Ah. Rountain.
4: The larger version of a roundton is an oblouton.
0: Oh,
2: I'm learning so much today.
0: <laughs> Same. I, I have no idea what these gentlemen are talking about, but uh, quite frankly, I like it. <laughs> no, but it was a rock.
4: By the way, could some of you take the nighttime watch? I've been so sleepy.
0: I didn't realize I, that you had been staying up. I thought we were all sleeping during that time.
4: Look, I'm just trying to explain, you guys. I don't know if an O'Blay, really exists. Continuing up the trail,
0: the group sees a caravan of voles making some repairs
4: to
2: a wagon. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I spy with my little eye something that starts with a C.
4: You, you know, I'm gonna say counting. Oh,
2: darn, you're so good at this game. It's a cart. <laughs> maybe we can
3: help them fix their cart
2: we do have a hundred bees that are very capable carpenters
4: oh I forgot about the bees so I'm gonna take a little nap and I'm gonna send 100 bees to go help
3: oddly enough they're not carpenter bees
4: oh no they're not their bumblebees <laughs> the group approaches and as they do
0: one of the voles looks at them with trepidation what do you, you
2: guys what, who, who are you Hi, I'm Raindrop. I'm very non-threatening.
3: Are you scared of our duck, Ling? <laughs>
2: <laughs> My name is Raindrop, though not Ling, in case there was some confusion. I, I gotta say, I'm
0: I'm not particularly uh in a mood for this. You see,
4: we just encountered
3: a fox. <gasps> he was horrible.
4: We barely survived. Just at that moment, Hamish's silliest bee flies past. <laughs> and bobs each of the two voles right on the nose before flying over to help with the cart.
2: <laughs>
4: that's a strange bee.
2: You've just been less. Now your fears are gone.
0: I don't know that that's how that works. Are you uh, Are you guys from around here?
2: No, we've actually traveled a very long way and have just come across this area. Are you guys from around here?
0: No, we're, uh, we're traveling merchants. We're just passing through this way, but we were caught in a rock slide and our wheel fell off. Uh, luckily, we were able to prop it up and, and get the wheel back on, but we're having some trouble. Uh, fortunately, uh, we had a bit of an incident.
2: Oh, no. Uh,
0: I said earlier that there was a fox around these parts. Uh, perhaps we acted a bit hastily, but uh, the fox revealed themselves to us. and uh, you know, our, our, our kinds don't get along very well.
3: Maybe we can help you get back on the road. I would be very appreciative of that. What do you need?
0: The bees swarm around the wagon wheel, and just as quickly as they engulf the wheel, they fly away, having replaced it with a
4: new pristine wheel. Now wide-eyed and awake, Hamish bounds over, and in a panic, he says, You didn't happen to see one very silly bee coming this way, did you?
0: Hamish, uh, uh, unfortunately, there was one very silly bee who, uh... Um. Bopped our new friends right on the noggin
4: oh man you know that was the one bee who was not supposed to help with any repairs who knows what that silly bee will do and off in the distance as the cartwheel spins horns sound and confetti flies <laughs> that is a very silly bee he's much too silly he must be contained
0: Although, I will say his ingenuity is incredible. I've never seen anybody transform, like, weeds growing on a mountain into confetti before.
2: It's impressive, really.
4: He's also my most resourceful bee and my most determined. That's a dangerous
0: combination.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Dangerous for a trickster.
0: As the voles begin traveling down the path with confetti and horns blaring, our group continues. As they round a corner... They come across a figure sitting on a rock, looking out over an edge. Hello! Raindrop, do you have to immediately address every single person that we see around here? Maybe that gentleman wanted to be left alone.
2: Well, I just think it's a good icebreaker, because we're going to have to pass him as we walk by, and it's really awkward if we both stop at the same time and, like, side-eye each other.
4: Raindrop's an extrovert. Someone has to be.
2: I suppose so, but,
0: uh, I mean, have you ever considered maybe just giving them the old, uh, nod and, like, half-smile.
3: I think where Squeakers comes from, they they like to use howdy.
1: The figure sitting on a rock nods and gives you sort of a half-smile. How
2: do people do that with their faces? My smile goes all the way across. I can't have it.
1: Our duck didn't scare you, did it? I wouldn't say I'm used to ducks, but, nah, that one's not very terrifying.
2: Ah, I need to work on my fearsome face. You must be more
3: fearsome as the captain of the dinghy. <gasps>
2: New goal.
4: Do we still have the dinghy?
2: It's kind of a role you take in your heart, regardless of how far you are from the
4: We're thingy. all the captain of our hearts dinghy.
2: Yes. Yes, we are.
4: You've taught me much this day, Raindrop.
0: <laughs> so, uh, stranger, you mind if I ask you, are you, are you familiar with this, uh, these parts?
1: Years ago, I was, but uh, I haven't been through this area in decades.
3: I would be careful. We passed some voles on the way who were quite scared of a fox.
2: I don't see what's so terrifying about a fox, though. You
1: do have to be wary of foxes.
0: Raindrop, I don't know that you've ever met uh, what one might deem a predator. Mm, no. But uh, when you do, keep a wide berth.
2: Mm. I've been living a very carefree life with zero consequences, so...
0: Say, stranger, what was your name again? Name's Finn. Ben, Mata, nice to meet you. My name's Squeakers, and uh, this is uh, my family.
3: I'm Aldern Feathersby.
4: My name is Hamish Hogg. It's okay to
3: meet you.
2: And I'm the fearsome raindrop. That title's Do I, do I say that with angry eyebrows, or? No, you delivered it well. Okay. It fits. Uh, I was a pirate at one time.
4: Briefly, we were all pirates.
0: Oh, yeah, it was a pretty great time. You have to be
4: wary of pirates, too. It's true. Are you a pirate? Let's say not anymore.
2: Oh. Not
4: anymore. We're
2: all ex-pirates
0: here. Ahoy. That's very mysterious. Tell me, Finn, you say you haven't been here in a long time, uh, and yet here you are hanging out, so did you just get a hankering to come back to this here
1: mountain or what? I go where I feel I am needed.
0: So what do you feel right now? I mean, are you needed?
1: I was recently, and we'll see where it goes.
2: Ooh, I do have a question. So this is our first time in this mountain area, and I'm not sure we know the way across it. Any pointers, directions?
1: This trail leads up to a pass, going past an old outpost.
0: What kind of outpost are we talking about? Like, Is this a, a trading post or something?
1: You have heard the stories of the war.
4: I was in the war. As was I.
0: I heard about it.
4: Squeakers had some uh, conscientious objections, you might say.
0: I, I didn't like it, so I didn't do it. I wish I had done the same. So wait a minute. You participated in the war?
4: Squeakers, you see me every day. I participated in the war.
0: Yeah, I know, but I know that story.
1: I don't know this guy's story. It's a little presumptuous to ask the story of a person you just met sitting on a rock.
2: We're a
3: presumptuous bunch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Would it be better if we all sat on a rock, too? Team rock.
3: Come, let us all sit on rocks.
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm going to try to stare off into the middle distance like this good fella here and see if I can be as ominous and brooding as he.
0: Oh, Hamish, you're, you're always ominous and brooding.
4: Oh, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Hamish blows into his whistle and summons over 99 bees. Uh, now do we have rock space for these 99 bees? I've excused one of them on account of silliness. <laughs>
3: There will be no silliness while we are rock-gazing.
4: No, I intend for there to be none. That's why I'm saying. We are on a mountain. There's rocks everywhere.
2: I did spy a lot of rocks, yes. And right in the top, we'll find the flattest one and sit down looking at her new friend, expectantly.
3: <laughs> so what do you know about this outpost? It's, again,
1: been years since I've been this way. Uh, it may still be guarded. I'm not sure who man's it or if there is even a presence there anymore.
3: All these years later.
1: The war is still present for some.
3: I
0: suppose that our little group here would be in need of someone familiar with these sorts of things. Would you be willing to maybe accompany us past the
1: outpost? The stranger stands up and takes off a cone-shaped straw hat that he was wearing, and you see that this isn't just another animal that you were talking to, this is indeed a fox. (gasps) His fur is more brown than red at this point, with quite a large amount of gray, and he has a scar across his snout, which pulls his lip up on one side. I hear you met someone who saw me recently.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, that's the case, yeah?
4: Yeah, my bees did them a sort of half-good, half-not-good job on fixing their car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I wonder if they met a different fox, because they were very scared, and you don't seem... Yeah, you were
0: mighty kind, actually.
1: As I said, you must be wary of foxes. If you can stand to be in my presence, I am willing to assist you
2: up all stand up from a rock and say, lead on.
1: <laughs> Finn Heather leads the group further up the path. After several twists and turns, passing beautiful vistas, a small waterfall at one point, they come across a series of buildings with a low wall surrounding them.
3: Were you from this outpost?
1: I knew people who were here, but it has been years.
3: Ah! Uh-huh. Ah, uh, uh, uh,
4: stop right there. Stop. 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 Don't get any closer. Wait, wait, do you mean us? D- yeah, you you dots over
3: there. Oh no. We're quite far away. I thought you were just small. <laughs> no, no. We're we're fairly average sized. All right, I'm making out probably every fourth or fifth word you're saying.
0: Maybe come a little bit closer. How is he making his voice so
4: loud like that?
1: The mountains can do strange things.
3: Just tell us when to stop.
4: All all right, all right, all right, stop.
3: Okay.
0: The group stops, gazing up past the wall, standing in the shadow of a tall lookout station where a squirrel is standing, looking down.
4: All right, now stop right where you are. Stop, now stop stopping.
3: Would you... Like some tea, maybe Some decaffeinated tea
4: Thank you for the consideration I'm going to say I don't want any tea Just at the moment I would like for you to keep your distance, please Campy, is that you? I'm sorry, who is this? Finn Uh (laughs) It's been a while, Campy Alright, I'll have some tea Come on in, come on in, Finn
1: There
0: we are Now, he just said, Finn, are we invited into this little tea ceremony that they're putting on? Come on in. Well, well, thank you for the invitation.
3: (laughs) Now don't wander off. Wander in Rome will be right back. Hey folks, Addison here. By now you've heard the marvelous voice of our special guest, Steven Pond. Tell us about yourself, Steve.
1: Hi, Internet. It's me, Steve. You may recognize me from my YouTube channel where I dig into all things Brandon Sanderson. Uh, if you are a fan of Brandon Sanderson and his storytelling, you can look me up on YouTube at the Not or read and find out. I'm also a sign language interpreter by day and I'm working on going into voice acting, specifically with audiobook production. So if you have any audiobooks you want people to read, I can read those and would enjoy doing that. I'm also very frequently seen on the stage of the Grassroots Shakespeare Company, so if you are in Utah and want to see a raucous production of Shakespeare, come and look us up. Happy to be here.
3: Hey friends, Addison here. The 15th Annual Grassroots Shakespeare Company Summer Tour is launching in late May. These tours are where Soren, Gary, Steve, and I met, and Wander in Rome would quite literally not exist without them. They'll be bringing Twelfth Night, Hamlet, and The Tempest to parks throughout Utah through late June. If you've somehow not seen a grassroots show before, these crowd-pleasing accessible performances are not to be missed. Grab some snacks, roll out a blanket on a warm summer's night, and see these spectacular, raucous productions with music by our very own Gary Argyle. Check out the schedule on Facebook. Say hi to Gary and the cast and let them know Wander in Rome sent you.
2: people to know Danny. You're Danny. Who am I? Summer. I'm Summer. We are Bisexually Lit. This is a podcast about movies and life and everything in between. Two best friends who are
3: loud and queer and love to talk about movies on and off mic and we'd like to take you along for the ride.
2: Why did we name our podcast Bisexually Lit? Well, like, you know, A, we're bisexual. Extremely. B, we're we're getting lit. We're giving literary and thematic readings to the movies we love. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We drop a new episode every other Monday, bi-weekly, if you will. Oh, I will. Have you ever seen something you couldn't explain? Have you ever felt like something was watching you, even when you were alone? Have your dreams ever started bleeding into the reality around you? Starting March 8th, join us bi-weekly as we travel around the contiguous United States sharing strange stories and discovering mysteries hidden within the vastness of America. Listen to Lower 48 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: walk past a gate in the low wall. Inside, there is a large tent erected, covering a number of picnic tables.
4: Alright, time for tea, time for tea, maybe sandwiches. Do you need anything for sandwiches? Do you have tea? You said you have tea. I expect you to
3: follow up on that promise. We have tea. Decaffeinated tea? Decaffeinated tea. Thank you so much for your consideration. Ah. Quite the gracious welcome. Thank you for the sandwiches.
4: Ah. You know, I'm sorry if I come off a little bit harsh or, you know, a little bit scared or a little bit, you know...
3: High-strung? High-strung is the way you
4: could put it. Um, It's been so long since I've been able to relax. This is how Campy's been for years. Uh, say, Finn, it's been what? Uh, decades since uh, you've been here? 20, 25, yeah. 25 decades. That's
0: <laughs> Campy, you son of a gun.
4: 25 years. Has it been that long? It has. Oh... 25 years is probably the last time I got to relax with a cup of tea, a nice cup of decaffeinated
3: tea, I'm telling you.
1: Well, we used to enjoy our tea back in the
4: day. Come, sit.
3: What are you keeping an eye out for? The war's been over for a very long time.
4: Well, you can't be too careful. You never know when something's going to happen. You know, there's still dangerous people in the world, regardless of if the war's going on.
0: They put a kettle on the fire and begin brewing the tea. As they do so they hear it from the distance, loud footsteps.
4: Campy, who's the battalion lord here? Uh, battalion lord? Uh, well, same as when you left. It's Yogg. Oh, Yogg.
3: Attention! Uh, yes, Yogg, I'm paying attention. Campy, who have you invited into our outpost?
4: Well, uh, sir, it's, uh, Finn from 25 years ago.
3: Finn, Finn Heather. Yes, sir. <laughs> Finally reporting back for duty.
1: I apologize for my tardiness, sir.
3: We can always use more men on the wall. The wall is
1: like
0: three
3: feet high. Why do we need to get on the wall?
1: I, <laughs> I am so confused.
3: In light of our lack of personnel, your tardiness will be forgiven.
1: In looking at Yog, Finn notices that his eyes are a bit clouded over and not nearly as focused and clear as they used to be 25 years ago. Finn leans over to Campy. It can't be. Yeah. How uh present
4: is Yog? Uh I would say uh well he's right there. But uh depending on what you mean, um I would say you know it's uh he's probably uh 75
3: 75 80.
4: The the war is still happening for him, isn't it? Is the war not happening?
3: Campy, You will return to your lookout post and apprise us of any approaches from the south.
4: Uh yes sir, yes sir, Yog, yes sir. Can't be climbs way
3: back up to the top of the tower. Having tea midday? What's this war coming to?
0: Are the soldiers not allowed, like, rations for the, during the middle of the day? I mean,
4: no, I mean, I would say that this base seems highly irrational.
3: <laughs> we must keep our eyes out for the horns of the wild hunt.
2: The wild hunt?
3: Where? What's the wild hunt?
1: Yogg, the wild hunt hasn't been heard of in centuries.
3: And yet, we have heard the horns in the night. I hear them now.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. That's just my silly bee. I do apologize.
3: (laughs) Oh, you silly bee.
4: You know, he's always got one of them horns a-honking.
3: I thought that was your most musical bee.
4: Oh, he's that too. It's the world's most interesting bee.
3: (laughs) Recruits! What are your names? The group
0: rises to their feet.
3: Um, Aldern Feathersby?
4: Hamish Hog reporting for duty, sir.
0: Squeakers of Nasus, not understanding what's going on.
2: Ranger Quacker is here for duty.
4: Our duck didn't scare you, did it?
2: I have never
3: been afraid of a duck. This duck in particular is very young. Are you ready for war, duckling?
2: Is there an age limit? Not anymore. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs>
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I need come
3: inside, and I will brief you.
4: All right, raindrop, let's go. We're gonna get you with your soldier's eyebrows yet. Yeah.
0: <gasps> yes. I have objections to this
3: uh, situation.
4: Oh, uh, you would. <laughs> Squeakers, come on, we'll be
1: able to get out of this real quick.
3: You're not one of them yellow-bellied conscientious objectors, are you?
0: I mean, I wouldn't say yellow-bellied about it. Uh,
3: get inside.
0: The group follows Yogg into a large wooden building, passing through large doors. Inside, there are tables with various documents spread out around the entire area. A small fireplace towards the back with a burning fire.
2: The general leads them to a large wooden table in the center, and the group sees a very intricate and detailed map of the mountain range, with little flags spread throughout. Soldiers!
3: Gather around the table, and the old yak reaches down and grabs a wooden stick and gestures toward the map.
4: Have done, sir. Standing at attention, please brief.
3: This outpost is located on the mountain top that separates our fair country from the others.
1: Sir, I can see by the map that you have here. Uh, these troop placements are outdated.
3: We're doing the best with what information we have.
1: Exactly, sir. I believe we can provide you with more updated information.
3: Continue, soldier.
1: Finn starts to point at various locations on the map, moving bunches of figures to certain locations, uh, removing some from the map entirely, and starts to situate things as if there is indeed an encroaching force that is going to be coming to this outpost.
3: Well, this is dire news indeed. I knew that wild hunt foretold something.
1: Sir, I believe it would be in our best interest to return to the heart of our country and seek reinforcements. He's right, sir. I've looked at
3: that map. Gather up what supplies you can, speak with the armorer, we will depart tomorrow morning at dawn. Understood, sir.
2: Armourer, you (laughs) say?
1: Finn leads them out of the room and across the courtyard area to an open-sided shack where we hear the sounds of metal on
3: metal.
2: Excuse me, are you the armorer?
3: Sorry, uh, what, what, what was that?
2: I assume you are the armorer?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I
3: guess.
2: Uh, um, is there a way to put in a request for like a full suit of armor and maybe... Um, a very fearsome-looking helmet and um,
4: one with eyebrows.
2: Very, very angry.
4: Well, I,
0: I guess do do you have the do you have the resources available for me to do that? That's gonna take. Oh.
4: Well, I got five iron right here in my coat.
0: This Gila monster is standing over the forge, and he has a large ingot that he is hammering away at. He turns and says, You know, I I could make you armor, but I don't know if it'd be worth it. You know, there's nobody coming. Nobody's going. I think it's okay.
3: You seem to be pretty with it. Everybody else we've met here has been under the impression that the war continues. You know,
0: whether or not the war is continuing, it's just me and the Forge. At this point... Make whatever I want. I've made enough swords and armor to to clothe an army. But, quite frankly, I really like making art. He reaches down and douses the ingot, and when he pulls it out of the oil, you see a very intricately crafted
3: metal crown.
4: Now, raindrop, you be careful.
3: That is Quite well crafted.
0: Thank you. It's the third one I made this week. And he throws it over his shoulder into a pile of other metal.
4: Raindrop, you gotta contain yourself.
2: If someone were interested in um buying your art, how much would you throw in a crown for?
4: Oh uh, I don't know. I don't really have use for money. Hey, hey, can I can I talk to you? Pull you aside for a sidebar conversation for just a moment. Me? Yeah, you. Okay. Look, this duck of ours, mm-hmm. she's liable to explode. She is she is just brimming with emotions and energy. It's a constant walk along the edge of a razor, just trying to keep her from just shouting her little head off. You, you've got to put things just the right way. If you're going to give her something like a crown or like many crowns, you're, you're going to have to look. You look. We have tried so hard to keep her alive.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you got a pretty good handle on this situation.
4: No, yeah, I'm just telling you, you gotta proceed carefully, and maybe don't. You know, if you know how to don't, maybe just don't. I wasn't planning on
0: giving her a crown. I just met you guys. <laughs> There's no reason for me. To do anything for you guys.
4: No, we just know how people react to our duck, and often they want to give her things because she wants to receive. Like things. dinghies! Okay. Clance, it's been a while.
0: Finn, I didn't know that you were alive.
4: Well,
1: I didn't plan to be.
0: Well, that is depressing.
1: Uh, seems like you already know the war is over.
0: It's just one of those things where it's really hard to tell Yogg no, so. I don't know. I've just been sitting around making all kinds of trinkets. He turns and pulls up a slab of metal and on top of it are little figurines that look roughly like a family. I've just been making stuff. Do you think that this is going to have like any value to anybody?. <laughs>
1: raindrop <laughs> vibrates off the ground a couple inches.
2: She's like, just inching towards the scrap pile. Her eyes are huge.
4: God rays of light pour from cracks in her
1: skin.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are always more of a craftsman than an armorer.
0: Yeah, well, that's what happens when they draft you.
3: Well, thanks to some fancy words from our friend Finn, you might all be going home.
0: Finn, what did you say? Uh, I... Gave Yogg a uh,
1: scout update. A scout update. I may have told him that there is an opposing force on their way to this outpost. Why would you do that? What possessed you to do that? Do
0: you do you even remember Yogg? Do you know what that means to him?
1: Clance, I'm hoping that we can get him to retreat.
0: We have been here for literal decades because he's been waiting to fight a war that is not happening.
4: From the other side of the outpost, the voice of Campy rings out.
3: Alarm, alarm, alarm. Alarm? Soldiers, to the wall. Alarm, alarm, alarm.
0: (sighs) Clance turns around and opens a trunk, and in it are swords. And he begins handing out the weapons to all of the group, except for Raindrop.
2: Oh, man!
0: Clance bends down to get on Raindrop's level and looks her in the eyes and says, Listen, I know that war seems exciting, but this isn't something that you want a part of.
2: I, I suppose not.
0: He gets up and says, well, I guess to arms, and walks towards the wall.
3: What
2: do you think is out there?
1: Finn puts down the sword and reaches to the smaller's back and pulls out a spearhead and jams it onto the end of his walking stick. It doesn't matter what's out there. We've got to see it anyway.
0: Squeakers turns and says, are we really doing this? What is happening right now?
3: I don't think there's anything out there.
0: I didn't see anything as we were walking up this path. Did you conjure an army with your fancy figurines and whatnot.
1: I assume this is just campy on one of his moods again. He might have gotten into the uh, the special rations.
3: The squirrel nip.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you're staying up all night doing lookout duty, your brain can do some interesting things. This is
2: not said from experience
0: at all. Okay, so the rest of y'all are going to go ahead and walk up there. I will stay right here with Raindrop to make sure that this area is secure.
1: Soldiers! Finn nudges his companions, and they go off at a trot toward the low wall.
2: This is a very terrifying circumstance, mm-hmm. and I feel like I would feel so much better if I held that sword that you're you're carrying.
0: You know, Raindrop, I think we should, instead of carrying swords, to go and hide. There's a big trunk right here oh. that we can get. Then no one will know where we are.
2: Do you want me to grab that sword and hide it with us? No,
3: I
0: want you to just get in the trunk.
2: <laughs> okay, it was worth a shot.
4: Hamish, serious light in his eyes, and 99 bees line up along the wall and stomp their feet into the ground. Soldiers reporting for duty, sir. Not now.
3: Campy! What did you see beyond the wall? Sir, 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 what I saw beyond the wall was,
4: was several rows of shining beetles. They ran in all directions. Their riders had glowing red eyes. The wild hunt. I think it's the wild hunt.
1: The wild hunt. A horn from quite a distance away pierces the
4: still air. Oh, I see. That's quite different from my silly bee's horns.
3: A chill runs through everyone on the wall.
0: Well, Finn,
1: uh, never thought I'd see the day, but uh, here we are. I didn't expect to have this spear out again.
3: There are stories about this wild hunt. Some say it portends war and famine and pestilence.
0: Yeah, that, that sums it up. That's great. Hope you're all happy.
1: Finn, upon hearing the horn, trots over to Yogg. Sir, I think we need to retreat.
3: Now, in the dead of night?
1: This outpost is no longer defensible. Look at these walls. We need to retreat.
3: Soldier Finn, you have a point. You will lead us on a retreat to the north. Are the stables still stocked? We are well supplied with one beetle.
1: Well, we will make use of that beetle.
4: Hey, squeakers.
0: And the trunk goes, Yeah?
4: You got your beetle in there with you?
0: Oh, no. Cracker Jack has been grazing over there.
4: General Yogg, sir. Hamish, continue. Uh, sir, we are in possession of one beetle.
3: We are well supplied with two beetles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sir, I will begin to lead
3: everyone away. <laughs> I like your confidence! <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, Squeakers, it seems your trusty mount has been conscripted. You coming along with us?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I am. Squeakers turns to Raindrop and says, On the count of three, we're going to make a break for it. Okay. Okay. Three! <laughs> Bounding out of the trunk, Squeakers and Raindrop run to Cracker Jack. Squeakers hops on the front, grabbing the reins, and yanks them hard towards the group, riding towards them. He says, all right, I think I got enough room for Squirrel, and uh, yeah, that's it. So let's go.
4: (laughs) Campy jumps down like a beautiful swan from the top of the lookout tower and lands on the back of the beetle.
0: Campy, I know that now's not the time, but that was a magnificent
1: dive. Thank you. I've practiced it many times. Coming out of the stables, you see Finn riding on a glorious iridescent beetle, and he pulls a horn from his side, blows it, and says, Move out! We need to
3: move! Yog exits the camp, heading down the trail, shouldering two heavy packs. Finn, could you spare a ride? Hop on. Yeehaw!
1: Finn reaches down and grabs Aldern by the scrub of his leather jacket
4: and hauls him up behind him on the beetle. Whoa. Hamish pulls a helmet down onto his head as he's picked up and carried into battle by ninety nine helmeted bees, and one bee wearing a little clown hat. <laughs>
0: Wear your little propeller cap. <laughs>
4: as the troops march off further into the shadows of the mountains, the lights they hold fade, and horns ring out through the night, as smooth and natural as the wind, as dark and tempting as the shadows.
3: Next week on Wander and Roam.
4: Stinging wind and rain blow into our heroes' eyes and off their backs as they ride on armored beetles down the side of an unnamed mountain and into the shadows of the night. Trees spring up around them, obscuring their view of fleeting red lights, the eyes of the spirits of the wild hunt, which flicker and vanish, leaving nothing behind but the sound of distant horns and the whispers of this, the dark
3: forest. Music for Wander and Rome is written and performed by Gary Argyle. Wander and Rome is produced by Winterhawk Podcasts and Gary Argyle. For more great shows, visit WinterhawkPodcasting.com.